Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Be With Podcast, a podcast about the art and practice of care with me, your host, Barbara Aroshna. Hi, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited you are here, and I'm so excited to be recording this first episode of what I hope to be is going to be a lengthy and exciting project, a project where you get to look a little bit into my life, where I get to tell you a little bit about my practice, where we get to jam on ideas and thoughts in regards to feelings and spirituality and critical engagement in our modern world, Um, and where we get to do all of that together. So thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the very first episode. I can't believe it's finally time. If we haven't met before, my name is Barbara and I live in Toronto, Ontario, which is in Canada. And it is land on which I play my part both as an immigrant and as well as a settler. Um, So before we get started, I just want to name the land on which this podcast is getting recorded and produced and edited, which has been the site of human activity for 15,000 years. The land is originally the territory of caretakers who are indigenous to this land, which includes the Huron-Wendat, the Patoon, the Haudenosaunee, the Anishinaabe, and is part of the Dish With One Spoon Treaty territory um, that was then also co-opted through the Toronto Purchase made between the Mississaugas of the New Credit and the federal government. This meeting place is still home to many Indigenous people from across Turtle Island, and the the original name for Toronto is actually Toronto, meaning the gathering place. Now, the practice of naming the original caretakers of the land and the purchase treaties through which the land has been co-opted is part of a land acknowledgement. But as part of the land acknowledgement, I also just want to name that uh, there is so much work to be done and that acknowledging the land is just one piece of that work. Um, There are many calls to action for uh, reconciliation with Indigenous peoples, especially for me as a white settler. Um, And so I'm sure that's something that we're going to look at in the podcast at some point, um, not today in detail, um, but that I want to name uh, right from the beginning because I don't take it lightly that I get to live and love and uh, grow on this land, which I am a guest on. To tell you a little bit about myself, I am an emotional wellness coach. It's what I do for my day job. I run my own business and my own private practice. Um, And I do one-on-one work as well as run masterminds uh, for business owners who want to build their businesses in emotionally sustainable ways. I run retreats. I do workshops. I travel with those workshops. And soon I'm actually going to be starting a training program for coaches, which is really, really exciting. Um, And so I do all of this under the auspices of my business, which is called Be With. Oh, I also make a deck of cards called Cards for Self-Care, which I'm sure I'll tell you a little bit as well. Uh, Be With is in, I guess, my third year at this point, which is really amazing to think about. Um, And it began really as a desire to find a way to bring all of my skill sets together that I spent my 20s developing um, in an effort to help others um, by helping myself, in an effort to support others by supporting myself and building a life that is focused on making sure my needs and my wants are being met 
and doing so unashamedly, doing so in a way where I reaffirmed myself that my needs and wants are important. And I reaffirmed to other folks in my life, especially women, that their needs and wants are important too, and that we get to prioritize those in an effort to love and serve those around us. Um, so yeah, to tell you a little bit about the podcast, I'm going to first tell you about what the format of the podcast is going to look like. I'll tell you a little bit about how the podcast came to be, and then I'll also tell you a little bit more about myself so you kind of know who's talking in your ears every week as you tune in. The podcast is going to very much resemble the Be With methodology, which is the methodology that I developed and use in my coaching practice. It is going to be a combination of coaching, um, kind of therapeutic talks about feelings and spirituality, which are the three parts of my own coaching practice. My career began uh, as an Anglican minister within the Christian church. Um, And then after that, I studied some psychotherapy with the Gestalt Institute of Toronto. And after that, I also studied some coactive coaching. Um, And so for me, all three of those different ways of supporting myself and supporting others are really, really important. Making sure that my soul is well taken care of, making sure that my mental health is really well taken care of, and also making sure that kind of like my critically engaged mind is taken care of as well. Um, And so let me tell you a little bit about what all three of those things mean for me and what they're going to mean for the kinds of conversations that we have on the podcast here. So for me, the first, I guess, we'll start with spirituality, which is funny because it's usually what I put last in most of my kind of introductions one-on-one to new clients. Um, But here it feels like it's the right thing to start off with. And this is perhaps because it's kind of at the top of my priority list these days, Um, but also because it is where I found my roots and my growth. I've been a very spiritual human since I was born. Um, Kind of one of my first memories is standing in a Russian Orthodox cathedral, listening to all the beautiful chanting and thinking that there was some sort of magic in the air. I grew up in Russia, in Moscow, and so kind of the statewide religion there, um, though there are other religions present, uh, the one that is most supported by the government, I guess is what I will say, is uh, Russian Orthodoxy, Christianity. Um, And so I grew up being taken to these Russian Orthodox cathedrals by my grandmother, who um, was also, I would say, a very spiritual woman. And though my parents are both kind of in the agnostic atheist category, um, though sometimes I think my, my mom explores spirituality, but in ways that are kind of outside of convention um, in the way that she was raised up, I, uh, I had this very strong pull towards exploring what the divine means from a very early age. Um, however, I didn't really begin to practice spirituality very actively in my own life, or it's a, or I would say begin to practice religion very actively in my own life until after we moved to Canada. We immigrated here when I was 10, and uh, I had a lot of trouble making friends when we first immigrated. I arrived just at the very end of elementary school, beginning of middle school. And you know, when you're like, when you're, by the time that I kind of got used to speaking English, I was, you know, 12 or 13, and that's a very hard time to start making friends, um, especially when you kind of have a different socialization than everyone else around you. Um, Russian culture is very different than Canadian culture, and so it took me a long time to make friends. And in that friend-making process, um, I joined a youth group, a Baptist Christian church youth group that suddenly became a very central part of my life very, very quickly. 
And I went into really my own exploration of spirituality um, very critically. I have this uh, distinct memory, which I don't know I'd be sharing with you, but I I want to right now, of uh, being in grade seven, I guess it was. So maybe I was 12 um, and watching all the kids around me, uh, you know, singing songs during our worship time um, and have have like this all this energy. And I thought, well, I don't really get that, but I like having friends and I like that we have all these very interesting conversations about metaphors and God and, you know, all these fascinating things. Like I don't I don't know if I actually have a can have a relationship with this God idea, but I love the idea of a God. And so I stuck around for about a year. Um, and then a year into, you know, being part of this church, I was on a weekend long retreat, which to now, now to me is very funny because I now run retreats for adults. Um, but we were on this weekend long retreat for all these teenagers. And so many of the teens were standing up a and like singing songs to God. And if you've ever been to an evangelical church service before, if you haven't, it's kind of like there's a rock band at the front, but instead of everyone having a sing-along to rock music, you're having a sing-along to Christian songs that are about God that are worship songs. And so everyone's having this like sing-along and it's the Saturday night of the retreat. So most of the teenagers in the room have not slept much so far this weekend. They're all hyped up on so much sugar. There's been this like moving sermon from the pastor and all these teens are like, have got their hands raised up in the air and they're crying and they're weeping and they're singing and everyone's so emotional. And I'm just, I'm just feeling nothing. I'm super weirded out. It's it's a lot for me to experience. Um, and I remember the next morning I approached our youth minister's uh, fiance, who who I was very close with at the time. Um, and I came up to her and I said, Sarah, like, what what is this that's going on with everyone in the room? Why are they having such strong emotional experiences? And she said, well, you know, some of those kids are having a real spiritual experience where they really feel God close to them and they feel the Holy Spirit in their heart is the language that she would have used back then. Um, and some of these other kids are faking it because they just want to fit in and, and they want to look, they want to they experience what everyone else is experiencing, or at least they want to look like they are. And having an adult be so frank with me about spirituality and the idea that spirituality can either be something that we feel and is real for us or it can be performative um, and say it in such a non-judgmental way, you know, that, that I think she wasn't judging those kids who were performing a spiritual connection rather than having it because she understood that like, oh yeah, part of being a teenager, part of being human is that you just want to fit in. Um, I think it really freed me up. It really made me feel like, oh, okay, well, actually, maybe maybe I could explore this thing and, and give it a real shot. And so in kind of that day, you know, I said, well, what does that mean to, you know, to, to really feel it or to, to go on that journey? And she said, well, you know, kind of the first step is um, converting to Christianity. And so at that point, she wouldn't have used those words. She would have just said, you know, the first step is receiving salvation, which is this concept in evangelical Christianity, which I do not subscribe to, by the way, anymore. And um, unless that's not clear to you, I'm like a 
great, big, loving queero who wants to support everyone in their own version of spirituality. So in case you're getting freaked out at this point of the podcast, no, that's where I'm coming from. But at that point, um, the language that she had and the language that I had for it um, is that like the first step of my spiritual experience was to accept, you know, Jesus into my heart as Lord and Savior. And so I I did that in that moment. I kind of, I took a, as far as I understood of what I was doing, I was taking a bet on God. I was taking a bet on this Jesus figure and I said, okay, let's do it. Like, let's see what happens if I accept this, this Jesus into my heart and let's see if this thing is real. And so kind of from that point on, um, spirituality became a really, really central focus in my life. Um, I would say it took many years for me to, to really discover what a personal connection with universal intelligence or God or the creator or um, the divine within all of us or the con or like universal consciousness. It, I don't care what you call it. Um, it took me several years and, you know, it will probably be something I'll be figuring out for the rest of my life of what that unique connection between me and that which is much greater than me looks like. Um, but that was kind of like my first entrance into spirituality. And so um, from, you know, a very early age, from those kind of Russian cathedrals to my many years within the Baptist church, it, I don't think I left until I was maybe 21. So, you know, seven or eight years and some of the most formative years of my life. Um, to now practicing a spirituality that includes prayer, but also includes my tarot cards um, and includes a lot of contemplation and meditation and reflection and, um, you know, many other practices that have come into my life as central um, and many dogmas that have left my life, uh, like such as that of, you know, needing to receive salvation, quote unquote, um, from God, which I just think is... um, horse poop. Um, bullshit. I'm going to probably swear a lot on this podcast. I'll be honest. Um, you know, but so spirituality for me, really, as far as this podcast is concerned, um, I want you to think about what it means to think about our spirituality as a practice that serves us then rather than us serving the practice. So I'm very curious. And what does it mean to build a spiritual life for yourself, whether that's a series of practices or a series of beliefs that actually nurtures your soul um, and that actually supports you. So it's less about having to do certain things because you're just supposed to be doing them because that's either what's being given to you by your ancestors or that's uh, what's popular and cool in culture right now. And more about what is the unique thing? What are the unique beliefs, the unique practices that make your soul feel really good and make you feel really, really, really connected? Um, That's what I'm curious about exploring here. And I'm excited to have lots of different spiritual practitioners on the podcast at different times um, to talk about their own practices, uh, how they support that in others. But I'm also excited to share lots of my journey spiritual journey with you all too, because it's been a windy road for me. And I feel very, very grateful that I'm now in a place in my life where my spirituality feels uh, nourishing and like it feeds me and supports me. And it's not something that makes me feel guilty or shame at all. It's actually something that I feel um, very empowered around and feel supported by and feel fed through and feel like I can use as a gift to give back to my community, which I do, um, yeah, in lots of creative ways that I will share with you later. Um, The spiritual driving force of my 
youngest life and that I think is now getting to be incarnate through this podcast and embodied, manifested, whatever you want to say it, through this podcast is that I, when I was in ministry school, so studying to be pastor, uh, we had to like produce this year end of year project and uh, we had to state what our personal mission was. And my mission was always around helping people reconcile themselves with God, with each other, and with themselves. That was kind of always my sweet trifecta. And I think that very much, uh, yeah, my, my life's work now is is still a continuation of that pastoral mission that I received so many years ago and that I committed myself to so many years ago. I, I want to see us feel connected to, um, to that which is bigger than all of us, which you don't have to think, I mean, you don't have to believe anything, but I, you especially don't have to believe that it has like, um, a mind outside of you. You could just believe that it is like the divine creative force that is within you, that is within flowers, that is within your neighbor, Joe, that is, um, you know, within the universe and the stars. Um, but I, I really believe that when we are connected to all it, like in all three directions to ourselves, to each other and to God or to universe, like for me, that's all the same that's incarnations of all the same connection. Um, that's all just different experiences of that same connection. And so for me, that connection is really at the heart of, of what I do in my coaching practice, of what I do in my life, um, of what my life is centered around. It's why the name of my business is Be With, um, because I believe that capacity to be able to be with ourselves and to stay with ourselves even when things are difficult the capacity to be able to be with others um and to be with all of creation um i believe is our way forward towards a more empathetic compassionate and just world uh, which i really care a lot about um which i think actually is a very good place for me to transition into the second um you could say modality within my business uh and I'll go to coaching next and then we'll finish with feelings and therapy as the big kahuna third so if the first wing of my practice and if this podcast is going to be spirituality and then the second wing of the podcast um and the conversations that I'm going to be hosting here is around coaching now when I talk about coaching I want you to know that I'm talking about coaching from an intersectional feminist, uh, anti-oppression focused, um, you know, disability positive, fat positive, uh, super lefty, queer positive, trans positive lens, because that's who I am as a person. Um, those are the values that are really, really important to me. And that's what I stand for in the world. Um, in terms of believing that we can move towards, uh, a society that is more equitable, um, that is more just, that is more loving, and that the way to do that is through uh, thinking about um, how we make space for everyone and how we respect people's innate humanity and base our worth on that innate humanity and not on the ability to produce, as capitalism would have us believe, um, or the ability to look a certain way as, um, you know, ableism would have us believe or do certain things as ableism would have us believe or actually for that racism would have us believe um i believe that there is an innate goodness to every single individual and that we get to honor that and that is our privilege and not just our responsibility but that is our privilege to be able to see the diversity of our humanity and of the nature um, and be able to honor that and respect it and support it rather than try and manage it and make it all the same who needs monocrop anyways? That shiz is killing the planet. 
So when it comes to coaching and how I I think about coaching, it's very much through the lens of how can we empower others and empower ourselves to to see what where our autonomy or our agency is in the world. Um and very much in a way that understands that we are part of systems that are often built against us uh, when we fall within a category of being marginalized, which pretty much, unless you're a white cis straight man, um, you are going to fall into the category of being marginalized once in a while or all the time, kind of depending on where you fall. And so I want to be really, and I am really critically engaged in how I am part of helping to put the power back into the hands of the people um, and whether I'm doing that with myself and reminding myself that I need to practice a lot of grace and compassion with myself when I feel like I can't achieve as someone else, you know, what someone else in my life is achieving who might have a lot more privilege than I do, but also practicing that within my private practice um, and supporting my clients to know that they might have a lot more labor than others in their lives uh, simply because of the way that systems are built against them uh, due to the various identities that they live in. Um, So I know that all sounds super abstract right now, but I guess what I want you to know is I'm committed to this podcast being a safe space, a learning space, a space where I am a student alongside you and how to be a good ally for those who are more marginalized than me, Um, but where I am also really intentional about being curious and aware and critical of where I also myself am internalizing different forms of oppression because all of us do it who live in settings where we are oppressed um, as a way of survival. And that's totally understandable. Um, And it also keeps us stuck and it keeps us enabling the very systems that are built against us. Um, And that's taken me a really long time to come around to. Um, It can feel really shitty when you are being used by a system or a system is trying to build its wealth off your back um, to admit that that's what's happening and to admit that you're part of what's enabling that system. Um, But if we can admit that, then what we can do is make higher demands of the systems around us. Um, We can raise our expectations of others around us. Um, We can practice more grace with ourselves, which usually means that we're not in analysis paralysis or guilt or shame as long. Um, And I really believe it's a a very important part of moving forward is, is having coaching conversations that are within the context of the systems we live in. Um, If you don't know what coaching is, uh, if you're listening to this podcast and you have never heard of coaching or you kind of like are like, okay, I get it. There's like coaches in the world now, but they're not exactly therapists. Like, what are they? Um, For me, coaching is about being able to ask really good questions um, being able to pull the lens way, 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 way back um, and being a cheerleader, a companion, um, a comrade with you uh, in your day-to-day life um, and helping you move where you want to go because I believe you are the expert in your own life. I believe that you have all the answers you need inside of you and that my job is simply to support you to get clear and get curious and get interested in those answers and seek those answers within yourself um, rather than externally to you. So that's a little bit about coaching. Um, yeah, uh, the the third piece of my practice and um, actually before I move on to the third piece of my practice, let me give you an example of kind of a coaching conversation that I'm going to have because I mentioned that, you know, I'm going to have examples of like 
for the spirituality part of our conversation, I'm probably going to bring on practitioners and different spiritual practices um, and share, get them to share a little bit about their story. Um, and for coaching, I want to give an example of a kind of guest we might have on. My friend Margot is going to be a guest on the show. She's a brilliant writer, a brilliant academic, uh, a brilliant feminist and badass. Um, and she, you know, even though she's like this super impressive human, just like in the day-to-day world, um, one of the ways that she's had a great impact on my own life is that she's brought all this brilliance that she has from being within academia and being able to understand really interesting critical theories um, is that she's able to bring them to like everyday learning. And so, you know, there was a time in my own coaching practice kind of in the first two years where I was struggling to make a living because I, because first of all, starting a business is hard and it's hard to make a living at first um, because it is, it requires a lot out of you. Um, but for two, I also am committed to, you know, providing services um, in ways that is aligned with my politics, which means that um, I do sliding scale services in addition to kind of my regular services. And so that means that like there's been months where I might be working a lot or at least in the past where I did work a lot, but I didn't necessarily always make a lot of money um, because my clients weren't paying me a lot of money each uh, because they would pay me what they could afford to pay me. And, you know, as much as my kind of way of running my sliding scale services has shifted so that I feel like I can really provide for myself first so that I can make my business feel very sustainable and so I can make my life feel very sustainable and can do work like this, like just spend an hour, you know, recording a podcast without having to worry about making a penny off it. Um, where you know, at that point in my business, I was feeling pretty freaked out. And the worst part of it is I was feeling pretty down on myself. I was feeling um, guilty about the fact that I wasn't making enough money. And so I was starting to make the mistake of equating that with not just my worth, but more importantly, even like with the kind of impact that my work was or wasn't making. And I was starting to make judgments about whether I was doing the right thing and whether I was even doing anything in the world. You know, kind of like those disparaging statements that come out of you. And thankfully, I had the courage enough to share with Margot exactly how I was feeling. And I have this very specific memory of us uh, standing down by the waterfront here in Toronto. Uh, we just come back from Toronto Island. It was very late at night. It was like maybe 1030, which for us is late because we both like sleep. And uh, Margot stood with me on the sidewalk for an hour, holding space for me and really firmly reminding me that um, by buying into the idea that making money is a sign that you are having an impact, that I was buying into capitalist ideas that I don't actually believe in. There are so many forms of labor that people do all over the world that are never properly financially recouped to the person, that are never paid for. You know, we I think about all the, I just think about how much labor women do every single day in their lives with their children, with their spouses, with their families. Um, so often we do not pay people for their labor because we consider some forms of labor less valuable than others within capitalism, which is bullshit. But here I was buying into that, buying into that idea that like, if I'm not making money, maybe I'm not having an impact. And Margot really stood for um, the fact that actually I am having an impact and that if I buy into the idea that I was currently buying into, 
I am beginning to enact everything that I don't believe in and that my business is actually built to work against. Um, And it was such a, you know, striking moment for me to receive that feedback from her. And it was so helpful and really kept me going and motivated me as I moved forward in my business. Um, And so I, yeah, I'm I'm just very excited to have her on the podcast um, to come on and, and share some of those conversations that you know, that conversation, but also other conversations what we've been having um, about how we support ourselves, how we take our power back within the systems that we live in um, and how we believe that there is a better way of functioning in the world, a more loving, empathetic, uh, just way. And so I, I'm just really excited to welcome her to the podcast as well. Now, to move on to the the big kahuna, as I said earlier, Feelings, uh, feelings, and kind of therapeutic approaches to feelings is going to be the third, um, and sometimes maybe the largest part of the podcast. I'm not really sure. Um, as Jess Lively would say, uh, who's some a podcaster that I admire, I'm writing this in pencil, um, not in pen. So I am uh, exploring as I go. Um, but feelings is kind of the thing that I'm really known for. Um, for one, today is the summer solstice when I'm recording this, so we are moving into astrologically into cancer season um and i am a cancer by astrology and i have all the feelings um and what that has meant for me in my life is that i kind of grew up believing that that was a problem that was an issue i was constantly being told in my household to you know put my feelings to the side so we could have a rational conversation about what needed to happen uh, or about what I was feeling upset about or what someone else in my household was feeling upset about and there are are a whole lot of pardon me very legitimate reasons why that was happening in my household and the kind of dynamics that um, my parents were trying to manage Um, but nonetheless it meant that I as an adult suddenly had not only like a wealth of feelings in my life, um, but that that meant I had a wealth of labor to do, emotional labor to do, to learn how to manage said feelings, be aware of said feelings, um, differentiate between feelings, know what to do with feelings, learn to respect feelings, learn to not be run by my feelings, but to honor them and how my feelings work together with my needs and how my needs work together with my wants and where shame fits in, like just the whole shebang. Um, and so I, I really spent my 20s, you know, I, I did something like just over 10 years of therapy, which still blows my mind to this day. Um, I went to school to study to be a psychotherapist. So I did kind of two years of a psychotherapy program here in Toronto, focusing on how to be present in this moment here and now, um, so that you can practice awareness and choose how to respond to any given situation by what's actually happening rather than get getting caught in the stories in your mind. Um, and, uh, and learning how to do that from a very body based, uh, way. So the way that I was trained is, um, that we can listen to our body actually for information about what we're feeling. Um, and that that's a, a great way to get past kind of our, you know, like manage ego voice in our head, the negative Nelly, the inner critic, whatever it is that you want to call it. But that part of us that's afraid that a bear is coming for us um, when actually we're just having a fight with our partner or partners or a friend or whatever it is. So um, yeah, so a, a big portion of my work is supporting people to improve their 
capacity for emotional intelligence and to learn theory, practical skills in emotional intelligence. So in no way, you know, is this podcast uh, a replacement for therapy. If you need therapy, please go get therapy. I love therapy. Um, But I do want to be able to, you know, as the podcast goes on, um, share with you some basic emotional intelligence skills, pull them apart a little bit, maybe present ways of thinking about feelings that you might have never heard of before, or that might seem very counter um, countercultural um, or very different from what you've been taught. Uh, and I'm going to just invite you to to get curious as you listen. If something pulls a very strong, like creates a very strong response in you, um, just like be gentle with yourself. Uh, you are the expert on what learning you need. Um, but sometimes a very strong response just means that we are hearing something that might be a little bit triggering. So take care of yourself. It also sometimes means that we're hearing something that either really isn't for us or is very much for us. Um, and so, you know, listen to your own inner guidance as you listen to this podcast. Um, take what serves you and leave the rest behind. I really, really mean that. Um, you know what you need. And so especially when it comes to something as personal and important to us as our mental and emotional health, um, I want you to know that you you can trust yourself and that there is lots of support out there for you um, when you're ready to welcome it and when you're ready to accept it. Um, and that I just want, I want this podcast to be one of the kind of myriad forms of support that you access in your life. Um, And if this podcast is able to do that, I will have done my job and I'll be very proud of myself and very excited. Um, So yeah, so that's kind of a little bit about my practice, um, the Be With methodology and what this podcast is going to look like because I'm just going to build off of the good that I already know. I think I should tell you a little bit about myself uh, because I think that might be interesting to you. I mean, you already heard lots. Uh, You know that I'm an immigrant, um, identify as a woman. Um, I am queer. I'm married to a really lovely human named Tanya Newmeyer. We're going to be celebrating our one year wedding anniversary on July the 8th, which is so exciting. Um, I've been living in Toronto pretty much the whole time that I've been in Canada, other than a short stint in BC and a little bit of time in Kingston, Ontario. Um, at which point I lived on a military base with a different partner, which is a wild story I'm sure I'll tell you about um when it's time and when it's applicable um yeah I told you about my lefty politics I have a cat named Thatcher he's really freaking cute and I love him so much um and this this work you know this work that I'm telling you about you know whether it's the development of the methodology or holding space for myself or my friends this is really this is my life's work I feel very grateful that at the age of 30, I already get to do my life's work. Uh, It's kind of mind blowing to me. Um, I want you to know that this podcast is the direct result of me giving myself months and months of time from the time that I knew I was going to be starting a podcast to the time that I actually launched it um, of giving myself permission to to explore what it would be and waiting to see what it would be. And then finally surrendering to the kind of the foundation that I live on, which is that in order to serve others, we have to first make sure that our cup is full. And so for me and my business, that means I don't build anything for anyone else unless it first serves me and really excites me. And so I actually recorded a different first episode for you all. It was 
so awkward and I had to like piece together tiny pieces of audio material because I could not get through recording it because it wasn't the thing that I was meant to be recording. Originally, I was thinking about making this podcast just specifically for coaches about the art and practice of care. And it was going to be this like, you know, podcast that was like going to be filled with lots of expertise about how we do our coaching work better. And then I just realized like, scrap that shit. That doesn't make me feel happy. That doesn't make me excited. What makes me excited is to be really real and to speak to everyone because I think all of us need support with our emotional intelligence. I think all of us need to be having these conversations. I think they're life-changing conversations. Um, And so I want to be having them with everyone and just like this without the... The weird pressure of me having to be like some sort of expert. I mean, I know a lot about feelings, but what excites me about being able to have this conversation with you is that I don't have to be anything other than myself here. Um, And this is, I guess, the premise of what I want you to walk away with, at least today, other than kind of the, you know, the introduction of myself and my work. I want you to know that you don't have to be anything other than yourself here. Um, I'm going to be showing up to this podcast just as me. Um, That's one of the things that I've struggled with kind of in building, you know, the more online part of my business. I see clients both in person and over the internet. And in building my online presence, I've had to stay really, really true to who I am. Um, And that's meant I've had to be pretty selective about how I appear online. So if you already watch my Instagram stories, you'll know I'm a total goof and very much myself. Um, But I maybe post on my feed only once a month because it feels like so much pressure for like all of it to look right and stuff. And I don't I don't like that pressure. It doesn't make me feel good. It doesn't support me. Um, I'm much more interested in showing up just as who I am. And in trusting that that is going to be of service to you and to myself and to everyone. Um, And so this podcast is really able to be a thing because I finally gave up the expectation that I had of having to be a certain expert or a certain person in order to record this podcast. And instead, I just gave myself permission to be myself, which is really, really satisfying and really exciting to be recording now for you from that place. One of the things I'm really excited about is to be hosting this conversation around how filling up our own cup and getting really clear on our own needs and on our own feelings is a way of not just doing self-care, but also of doing community care and how having a really strong, solid practice of self-care leads to community care and community engagement. I believe this is because when we are able to have those frank conversations with ourselves about what we are feeling, what we need, when we're able to be like, hey, self, what's going on today? What, what do you need? How can I take better care of you? Um, when we have a comfort level with being able to be with ourselves in that way, in a curious way, in a non-judgmental way, in a proactive way, in an intentional way. We can then take those same skills and just transfer them to our relationships with others and to our communities. And that is something that is extremely powerful because as we, within ourselves, but also in our relationships with others, are able to figure out how to get our needs met more consistently, the more we do that, the less we run to things that we don't need or to things that are maladaptive coping mechanisms or to things that are actually harmful to us. So the more we can get our needs met for intimacy through conversation and 
um, physical touch and community and uh, real live connection, the less likely we are to spend hours scrolling or, um, you know, punishing ourselves through uh, too much food or exercise or not enough food or exercise or through overwork or through, you know, any myriad of behaviors that we know in the long run aren't actually supportive to us, even if they feel like a relief in the moment. So that's something I'm really, really excited about. I think for now, I'm going to leave the podcast here. Uh, What I'll tell you is that my hope is to be recording uh, a podcast episode a week, to be releasing a podcast episode a week. Um, But something you're going to get to know about me is that I follow a rule um, that comes from a very old friend of mine named Hugh Barclay. He's old because, not because I've known him for very long. We've only been friends for a few years. Um, But I believe he is 83 right now. I'll have to double check that for you. Um, But kind of like the first rule in Hugh Barclay's book of life is uh, do only, do not do anything that does not bring you joy. Um, And so do only the things that bring you joy. And this is something I'm deeply committed to in my own life. I only do that which brings me joy. Um, And so I'm going to try and make sure that you guys have an episode every single week, but sometimes that's not going to happen because sometimes I'm going to be feeling other things or needing other things. And when that happens, I'll probably come back and have an honest conversation about what happened with you here. Um, And I want to be really transparent with that and really clear with that and say that that I have no shame, no shame in regards to missing podcasts week, uh, podcasts weeks, I guess. Is the right grammar? That's the wrong grammar. I don't care. I have no shame in taking my time to respond to emails once in a while. I have no shame in having to cancel commitments here and there when I need to. Um, And I want us to make sure that we don't shame each other for those things either because we've built up this like culture of speed and get shit done and be perfect that is slowly killing humanity. Um, And I don't love that. And so I actually want to model for you what it looks like to have this passion project that I'm very excited about that I'm going to be sharing with you, but also what it means to have very human expectations of myself and of the process. Um, And that sometimes I'm going to be able to come through and sometimes I'm not, and I'm still awesome either way. And sometimes you are able to come through for the people in your life and for your work. And sometimes you're not, and you are awesome either way. And I want you to remember that. Um, yeah, I'm probably going to be doing a question and answer episode. I don't know. Let's say once a month, once every couple months, maybe once every six weeks, we could meet in the middle. Um, so if you've got questions for me that you want me to explore on the podcast, either about spirituality or living within, you know, these systems and taking our power back or about feelings, that's something that I get a lot of questions about shoot them uh, my way. You can either email me at contact at bewith.org or you can just DM me in my inbox on Instagram. My handle is at bewithcards. Um, And actually something that I'm very excited about is that in order to get our podcast started, um, the episode after this one is, and maybe even the one after that, but depending on how we split the episodes, but you'll be able to hear is going to be an audio recording of an Instagram live stream I did months ago um, where I tell a little bit more about the backstory of developing this podcast and how exciting that was and scary that was. But mostly I just answer a lot of the, you know, viewers, followers, I don't know, the audiences. I answer a lot of your questions about feelings. Uh, We talk about self-doubt. We talk about uh, like 
presenting feelings versus the feelings that are underneath the feelings. I know most of you are nodding your heads right now because you're like, oh yeah, when I thought I was angry, but really I was just sad. Yeah, we're having those conversations on that uh, on that audio. You'll notice the audio for that isn't as good yet as this audio will be um, because I was recording it just like with an iPhone 4 that I had sitting around my house. I didn't have this fancy podcasting mic yet. Um, but I wanted to play that for you because it's kind of the starting ground of this podcast and it, it makes me so happy and so proud of myself, uh, of the woman that I was, you know, whatever it was, four or five months ago that decided she was going to do this thing. And here was kind of like the first experiment. Um, and and that's what creation looks like. The creative process is iterative. Um, and I want to I wanna be able to show you just how iterative it is. So you've got this episode. The next one's going to be a Q&A from a live stream a while back. Um, and then we'll probably do one or two more solo episodes. Then we'll probably have an interview or two. I'm very excited about the guests I'm going to introduce you to. They're all very rad humans. Um, yeah. And then we're going to just... We're going to podcast it into the summer, and I'm so excited. Um, I listen to podcasts while I wash dishes, while I drive cars, while I go for runs, while I bike, basically all the time. Um, and I am so excited that uh, you were listening to this right now, wherever in the world, especially if you're still listening and you have this whole episode, that just oh, amazeballs. Um, if you like this episode, if you like this podcast, if you think I'm cool or just honest and you appreciate that because I appreciate that in the world um come follow me on Instagram subscribe to the podcast uh let one friend know about it like send it to your one friend who has so many feelings uh and be like hey this girl talks about feelings a lot you should get on that um and then you know feel free to leave a review uh I know that's not always the like the I don't know. For me, leaving reviews can be hard. Um, I love writing testimonials. It's like, it's funny how all of us have those things we struggle with, you know? Um, but if you're someone who likes writing reviews, please write a review. That would be awesome. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for tuning in. And I can't wait to talk to you next time on the Be With Podcast. Have a great day. <laughs>